this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about profit. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Hour today, your podcast and radio show to encourage, educate, and empower you on your path through womanhood. Whoop, whoop. Extra special show for you today. I'm so excited about. I'm your host and women's empowerment specialist, Kelly Hickey. I'm the director of Strong Women Co., a company designed to help women be their strongest, happiest, and healthiest selves. We have one-on-one programs, online workshops, and more. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for daily inspiration and motivation. And of course, you can join our free online tribe to connect with women all over the world. Links in the show notes as usual. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast if you feel like throwing a little support, a little love on this IWD, International Women's Day special. That would be very, very sweet. Um, And of course, I am Kelly. I am a Newfoundlander and Canadian coming to you from a city just south of the Netherlands. Um, This show that I have in store for you, um, I just I just love women, obviously. And I just love talking to women. And um, Sorogeny, she's a friend and sister of mine that we met at the radio show. Shout out to CHMR. Um, and, uh, she's put this together. It's our third year now together. And there's so much wisdom and kindness and love and support, uh, in this show. And it was so nice to be part of such a wonderful group of diverse and strong women, uh, in our Instagram and Facebook, I'll put a picture of everybody so you can see if it's not showing up on your podcast, um, app. And I learned so much from this. It, it helped really help fill my cup up. And Sarojini is just such a wonderful, she's so wonderful to organize, moderate and edit this, uh, show. We're so lucky to get it and to listen to it. She, Sorogeny is the uh, host of Caribbean Connections, a show um, and a radio station in St. John's. And she did it in two parts. And I just left in her little interlude in the middle. I think she's cute and adorable and amazing. And um, uh, it could be a natural stop if you needed to do a break or, but I, I thought about cutting it off, but there's just so much jewels of wisdom in the second half uh, that I just couldn't, couldn't do it in my heart. And everything in there is just so relevant and righteous. I had to leave it all. And Sorogeny tries to conclude the show a couple of times, and you'll hear. Uh, but we all just enjoyed each other so much and talking. We just kept her going. Uh, and then she ends the show with an awesome women's empowerment song that I never would have heard of if not for Sorogeny. It's an amazing Caribbean song. Of course, her show is Caribbean Connections. The song is called Lioness on the Rise. Um, my goodness, got a really amazing... Uh, Caribbean feel. It's by uh, Queen uh, Africa. She's a reggae singer and DJ from Montego Bay, Jamaica. She was the daughter of ska music legend Derek uh, Morgan and she is just like a powerhouse in herself but that music from Jamaica uh, really did warm up uh, my kitchen when I was listening to it uh, despite the cold temperature outside. So I'm so grateful for Sorogeny and the other women um, in this pod Inaya, uh, Renata, Teresa. Uh, It's just so wonderful to be around such powerhouse women who who are so um full of wisdom but also humility and and kindness and um 
it was just a lot of sister love. Um, and I'm so thrilled to share this I International Women's Day special with you. Actually, I'm putting this out on International Women's Day. I just realized that Strong Women Co. is three years old today. I always forget that I had my first sign up for workshops on International Women's Day. It's a real good... Uh, it's a big celebration day. So celebrate you. Um, I had a great workshop t uh, this week with um, some amazing um, women in finance from across Canada. And I'm going to say a sentence and then you say it out loud to yourself. I am a strong woman. I am a successful woman. Repeat it out loud. I am capable of great things. I have so much to offer the world. I have so much to offer the world. And lastly, I am the captain of my ship and the master of my fate. Whoop, whoop. Happy International Women's Day. Uh, have a listen. Enjoy. Uh, mad mega love to everybody. Spread this to anyone who you think could get something out of our conversation. Love, support on being a woman and being in this world and everything else. All right. Take it away, Sorogeny. We've got a real special episode for you all, everybody. And without further ado... Give it up for the International Women's Day team on CHMR 93.5 in the fair city of St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador. Opening the show, that was Warrior by Anissa, straight out of Florida of Guyanese Roots. Welcome to Caribbean Connections. And this year, we're having a virtual panel, as we've done in the past. We've all met at CHMR, <coughs> the wonderful studios and the campus of Memorial University of Newfoundland. However... This year, due to COVID-19, we all have to be safe and we are taking all necessary precautions. And to top it all off, two of our panelists are in different places, one in a different continent and country and another in a different province. So we're going to start with the introductions. First of all, I would like to thank each of you for taking the time so we can produce this awesome discussion, not only for CHMR, but for women all over the, the province, the country, and the world. So, Anea, let us start with you. Anea Ahmed, you're a fifth-year political science student and an activist. We have Kelly Hickey. Kelly is currently living in the Netherlands and Newfoundlander living there. She's a women's empowerment specialist, an entrepreneur, and a mom. And we are now going to move over to Teresa Uchechi Yuzuko. 
Teresa is the CEO and show host of the Critiker Show on Creativity and You, a Fast Time production. She is also currently the Vice President of the Writers Guild of Alberta. Renata Lang. Renata is the Business Diversity Officer of the Association for New Canadians in St. John's, Newfoundland. She's an activist and a wellness and beauty enthusiast. Now, I know everyone wants to know a little bit more about each of you. So, Anea, let's start with you. What would you like us to know? So, uh, hi everyone. Um, my name is Anea, and as Sarojini introduced me, I'm a fifth-year political science student and activist. Um, I'm from uh, Cairo, Egypt, and I moved here to Newfoundland uh, to pursue my uh, undergraduate studies in 2016. Uh, so I've been here, I've been living here in St. John's since 2016, and I'm currently still in St. John's, uh, trying to fight the second wave of lockdown. <laughs> awesome. Kelly, my dear sister, we all miss seeing you in Newfoundland, but we can see you here. So tell us, what shall we know more about you? Well, of course, I am the director of Strong Women Co., a company designed for women to be their happiest, their strongest, happiest, and uh, healthiest selves. Um, I do a lot of work with women, women's empowerment specifically. I love doing one-on-one -on -one work. Uh, I've got clients all over the world right now. I'm helping them with bullying situations. I'm helping them reach their goals, helping them with more positive self-talk. Um, and, uh, and then I also have um, online workshops that I do for corporate companies. I've got a really cool women in finance thing I'm doing for uh, Atlantic, of Atlantic Canada. So I have a lot of cool things on the go, but I'm dealing with a hard lockdown here in the Netherlands. Uh, this is week 10 or 11. I don't know who keeps count anymore. Um, the only thing that's open is grocery stores. Um, and uh, But at least it is now spring and it was like 18 degrees and sunny today. Uh, so I will take it. Uh, I actually saw people for the first time in a long time and uh, it was hard. <laughs> it's just so isolated. It's like, oh my goodness, there's people everywhere. How do you even like interact with one another? Uh, but yeah, uh, this has been such a strange year. Here we are. Awesome. I can't believe it's spring there already. We still have snow here, by the way. Teresa Uchechi Yuzuko, tell us more about yourself. Hello, my name is Teresa Uchechi Yuzuko, and greetings from Calgary, Alberta. And, um, and thank you, Jenny, for this opportunity to be in their International Women's Day for 2021. And um, being in this virtual party, it's awesome. It's a party for me, really. <laughs> Getting to see all of you beautiful faces, my friends, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm the CEO of, yeah. <laughs> I'm the CEO and founder of Critic Up, the Critic Up show on creativity and you, um, a fast life production. And the show is all about um, having creative uh, people who um, make them reflective of on how far they've come, how good they are, how appreciative they are in what they're doing. And also it's a space where they are free to be themselves and express themselves and um, be that moment. And um, it's also, uh, and, and the guests, our guests to come to the show 
end up becoming friends and families. We look out for each other. We love each other. We care each. We care for each other. So um, it's 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 amazing, and um, I I can I cannot say it enough that um, well we're touching lives and um, we are redefining creativity together, and uh, we're sharing in amazing stories with lots of um, featured guests all over the world. And um, yeah, so um, it's 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 what we do. It's who we are, and um, yeah, and I am happy to be a part of a great community here in Alberta, the Writers Guild. It's an awesome place. Um, we are all um, we're all creative people there. We're happy. Uh, we're like family. We're like friends. We look out for each other. We um, we also um, look out for the writing communities in Alberta as well, and um, and beyond. And um, yeah, so um, that's that's all I do. And um, and I'm happy to be here in a virtual party. And thanks, Jenny, for that opportunity. Um, our topic today, I'm sure, is really amazing. Lots of people will definitely tap into it and um, and um, get get renewed. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Teresa. We miss you here, too. My I know, right? I feel like it was my home. I'm, I know. I miss it sometimes. And the snow? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with you. It's so good yes. to connect like this. And, and you know, uh, before I get to Renata, Kelly and I were joking last year before she left. We didn't uh, have this COVID going on when we recorded last year. And we said, you know, Kelly, you got to come back and we're going to put you online. Well, look at what's <laughs> happened, right? That's Be right. It's magical, right? Yeah. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. I've learned you just that. Don't get it. <laughs> and of course, last but not least, Renata Lang. What else, Renata, would you like us to know about you? Lately, I've had a much uh, deeper exposure and understanding of immigrants, refugees, and newcomers' needs and experiences, and all of the hardships that they may have, well, many hardships they face and many hurdles that they have to overcome to immigrate to Canada. You know, I've often had a special place in my heart um, and been very closely connected to newcomer communities here. And my partner, he is an international student himself, um, obviously as a second generation after you, mom, but actually getting to see these people and work with them and study on a deeper level different aspects of cultural values. It's it's given me a newfound appreciation for um, for our differences in a way that is, we often might think I am, you know, myself and others are what's new or what's different. But this is a quote from Anis Nain, and it is, we don't see things actually as they are, we see things as we are. So also learning that we each carry our own cultural baggage. Uh, that's been uh, yeah. some amazing new insight in my, my new work. Very good. Thank you, Renat. And thank you, all you, you beautiful, wonderful sisters for your great uh, introductions. It really means a lot. I want to say it again that you've taken the time to share your thoughts, your ideas, your opinions, your passion to the world and to let us know even amongst ourselves, what we believe in. And 
what we hold strong and dear to our hearts. And I'm so happy we can share this. Um, the Global UN Women's Theme for International Women's Day 2021 is Women in Leadership, Achieving an Equal Future in a COVID-19 World. And this theme celebrates the tremendous efforts by women and girls around the world in shaping a more equal future. Now, we've decided to go beyond that and speak of women in leadership achieving an equal future. And um, Anea, I'll start with you. You're a fifth-year political science student. You've done work in various organizations in different positions. And I know you've lived in different places around the world. I would really like to hear your thoughts on that. You yourself has experienced as a woman leaving home, coming to Canada. You tell us what you think this theme is all about and how you feel we can achieve this equal future for all women. Okay, so uh, I first want to start with, of course, there, there are a lot of great women in leadership positions in terms of uh, politics or just with leadership in the workplaces and all of that. And while I acknowledge the tremendous uh, efforts they put in these positions, I'd like to specifically talk about um leadership in terms of uh like leadership in the family and the home as well uh so i i believe that to achieve like great um to achieve great positions and to, to achieve leadership positions in the in the like workplace and in politics you have to have uh, like a woman has to have uh, someone who's pushing her or specifically a female figure who's pushing her from the family itself so as someone who currently lives away from home uh i can like i would like to say that Definitely, if it wasn't for how uh, my the women in my family, uh, their strength and their resilience, and how they pushed me to uh, to achieve all I want and to to study abroad and to go the milestone, do all of that, I wouldn't have. I definitely wouldn't have been here. So uh, that's that's one thing I would I wanted to touch on is that women's position in the family as leaders in their family definitely pushes you to be a leader out of your family. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll come back and elaborate on these points, but I'd really like to hear from all of you what your thoughts are and how you feel about women in leadership and creating an equal future. I mean, uh, myself, Therese and Kelly have children. We have girls, and I know Anne and Renata at some point will have a family. So we know the struggles in creating the futures, and you and Renata and Nea have seen from your activism work, okay? So even though you're not moms, you're moms indirectly, okay? So Kelly, you tell us your thoughts on this. What's your take? Uh, well, it's really cool when you read out women achieving uh, an equal future. And uh, it's kind of interesting when I think of it. It's it's in women's leadership for me, equality is like just one of the things <laughs> that we're, we're fighting for. Um, uh, or you can think of things like, uh, you know, equal rights, inter intersectional feminism, um, uh, equality across the board, including with our animals and plants, brothers and sisters, if you really wanted to get all crunchy about it, because that's literally what we need to do is 
is to um, uh, change the uh, uh, discourse around how we treat our, our planet and how we treat the land that we have. But um, uh, listeners to my podcast uh, will know that uh, I went, I just started Strong Women Co. for various uh, reasons in women's empowerment, but kind of more specifically rooted in um, I wanted a future for my daughter. And um, the way that we are going through this planet, it's like we got four or five backup ones and we fundamentally need to change how we consume, how we um, travel, uh, you know, uh, how, how the energy we have. Um, and uh, so uh, I, the, the one of the best ways we can possibly do that and the fastest ways, because we don't got so much time to really change this ship around. But one of the fastest things that we can do is put more women in decision-making bodies and have more women vocal. And because uh, even if, you know, you're a mom of, of three or whatever and you can't run, you can still speak out. And I see so many more women speaking out on Twitter and their voices matters and politicians listen. And so the more women you have who are confident in their own voices, uh, the more a holistic view you have. If, if you have more women on a decision making body, that body could be a a PTA, a city council, a family uh, deciding what uh, vacation they go on. If you have more women in a more uh, uh, on the decision-making body, those decisions are more holistic, they're more child-centered, uh, they're more egalitarian, and they're more environmentally censored. Centered. So uh, that's what we fundamentally need. So that's what I. That's why I do the work I do. Is is the one-on-one -on -one and the groups to empower women uh, so that they have that confidence to change the world in the way that we need to. I read a book to Violet, uh, my five-year-old that she loves and it's called Malala's Magic Pencil. And uh, in it, uh, she, she talks about this whole, you know, what would you draw if you had a magic pencil and all that's beautiful story. And Violet says it all over the, the last page to herself. I can hear her mumbling sometimes. And it's like, you know, the uh, one, one pencil, one book, one teacher, one person can change the world. And uh, so I think like instilling that, that belief and that reality that we are all have this, this possibility to improve things uh, for each other and for our future. Um, that's where I see women's leadership really coming in. It's yes, it's happening in the uh, in our households, even in like women making decisions on consumer. I only buy environmentally friendly cleaners and recycling things. And so when women have more of a say, uh, we end up making better decisions in generally general, and that's what we need to do. Absolutely, and Kelly just. To add to your point there, um, we talked about with COVID-19, the countries where women are in power, are in positions of leadership to help with COVID-19 are the countries that did a lot better. Yes. Am I right? So yes, absolutely. And, and it's the the more time goes on, the more we're seeing that. Um, yes. And uh, even here in the EU, I can see uh, the the women were didn't the women who were politics. You get your Angela Merkel the, and the, the head of Denmark and all these. They were making hard decisions uh, and and they were unpopular decisions but they were the right decisions um and uh the, a lot of the male uh counterparts particularly here in the eu kind of sat on their hands because they didn't want to be unpopular and i was just like this is we all need our mom now right like this is the leadership we need we need the the no nonsense i know but you don't want to go to bed but you have to go to bed you know it's like i know you don't want to wear a mask no one wants to wear a mask but you have to wear a mask and so i see like women's leadership uh and, and us changing our idea even of what leadership is to 
you see, you know, of course, Prime Minister of New Zealand, just how accessible and, and, and it's a different style of leadership that's more lateral instead of this top-down hierarchical uh, piece. Yeah, and Kelly, we'll come back and talk about a few of these points in, in detail, but I'm going to move over to uh, Teresa. Teresa, what are your thoughts about getting to this point of women in leadership achieving an equal future? What do you feel? Well, you know, at this point, um, the world is changing and dynamic as well. And um, the way the changes are happening right now, women are given more recognition, women in leadership, uh, women are given more recognition uh, with their roles in the family and the community, the country, the workplace. And um, we as women, we play a significant role in, in, within the society. The foundation starts at home because um, you have to have that foundation first. And um, for that to happen in a home where, say, for a family with kids, uh, the kids are looking up onto mommy for some kind of um, everyday um, everyday things that happen with, um, you know, taking care of children, you know, back and forth. Okay, so um, that is the first foundation. And uh, when we decide to step up, and take it outside the family well we are confident we become confident and we become we become aware of who we are and what we do and that's what helps with the decision making so when it comes to women in leadership it's it's a place where um the world is beginning to pay attention okay oh yeah maybe she might just have um a, a very wonderful opinion to turn things around. Oh, okay, maybe um, maybe her decision to do this might be what is best for the country, for the state, for the community. So you see that we are we are actually becoming captains in a way, and we are actually steering that ship with the men, which is mm-hmm. awesome, you know. And I I do believe in leadership. There has a, a man should be there, a woman should be there. It really doesn't matter. But I believe that when we all come together and rub minds together, think it through together as a man, as a woman, and uh, we will definitely come up with really strong opinions ideas, decisions that would be good for the country, for the community, even for the family as well. So it is a good thing what is happening right now, women in leadership. We need to continue to uh, promote. We need to continue to encourage other women um, to, you know, and come out and um, embrace the new reality because we are here to stay. <laughs> well said, Teresa. Very good points. And um, you mentioned something earlier, encourage other women. And this is something we really have to work on, you know. I mean, all of us have worked in various organizations, you know, government and non-governmental. And and we've seen some women really bring down other women who are trying to get into positions of power. And this has always bothered me. I myself have uh, experienced it. And thankfully now, the younger generation, like 
Enea and Renata and your friends have the tools and you're preparing yourselves better to deal with that. But back in the 80s, when I started working after graduation, it was so hard. Like you didn't know what to do. You had to ride the wave. And those were some pretty tough waves, very difficult to ride. And in some cases, you see people quitting on their jobs because of the problem. The men wouldn't support them. The women wouldn't support them. So what do they do? They have to move on. But we're going to come back and elaborate on those points. Those were very good points, Teresa. Thank you. Renata, how do you feel about this? Creating an equal future with women in leadership. In order to do that, we need to allow women the the option of choice and the liberty of choice. And that can start as early as how she chooses to dress, to cover or to not cover, what she decides to perhaps pursue in her studies or her trades or her, her training of any sort, what she does for work and what she does for money, who she chooses to love, regardless of race, religion, ethnicity, gender, how she expresses her identity. You know, a lot of people still are so caught up on womanhood equal, equaling femininity. And that doesn't have to be the case, but also what is feminine is different to all of us. Womanhood is, is so diverse and is not just limited to, you know, traditional forms of what that should look like. You know, if she decides to marry or whom she decides to marry, if or when she decides to have children and, so many other things because I, I believe that we are not necessarily able to, uh, it's a lot more difficult for us to achieve our best skill set, our dreams, our goals, if we don't have those options of choice along the way. You know, it stifles our growth and it stifles our um, our our potential and, and and most importantly our happiness. Terrific points, Renata. Very very good. And just to elaborate on what you said, and and we will get to all the other points. Would anybody like to add to what Renata has said? How how do you feel about? Renata's points in uh, liberties of choices. Uh, I think it's a, it's a wonderful point and it uh, uh, kind of leads to also um, reality. So, so how much choice do you have if you don't have childcare or school? How much choice do you have um, if your uh, partner, if you do have a partner's work comes ahead? How much choice do you have if you're a single mom and um, you know, you're trying to make the best health decisions for your family and yourself in a pandemic, but you have to go to the grocery store to works or you're not gonna have um, rent. Uh, so there's there's a lot of things we're realizing that, um, and, and I've, I've seen it myself too, where um, my work gets more flexible when my daughter doesn't have school, uh, but because uh, just the, the reality of, of the patriarchy and the different kinds of jobs that, that my husband have versus uh, what I have. And so we really, um, we need to support women um, in, in so many different ways so that they can actually make those informed decisions um, th themselves. And to have that power, uh, we need uh, to have the, the services. Um, I, I do, uh, this, your other point about uh, some women bringing other women down, 
that that has been some of my experience, but really the most of my experience has been women supporting women. And I think the story of women bringing each other down is more the story of the patriarchy told us about ourselves that we then just replicated because the patriarchy wrote all the novels and made all the movies and made all the shows. And we just kept seeing uh, the story over and over again. Um, and we didn't really appreciate uh, sisterhood in a way. But I see a huge change in that. Um, I see a lot of uh, allies across different kinds of uh, geographies and beliefs and 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 what have you. So I'm really encouraged by that. And I, I always like whenever I hear anyone talk about how women can be women's worst nightmare. I was like, yeah, sure, you know. But like that, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. <laughs> the, the patriarchy, you know, uh, uh, gets something uh, out of that where we're then dispowered. So I always like to uh, throw that back in. It's like. I, that was my experience until I had a really amazing um, teacher show me uh, that it didn't have to be my experience. And then it, it, it kind of just hasn't been my experience in, in a long time because I also choose supportive women around myself. And that's that's, again, going back to choice. Yes, and I agree with you, Kelly. Um, I mentioned earlier I started my real professional career in the 80s right after graduation, and it was tough. And um, you opened my eyes to the point where the patriarchal system is teaching some of these women that we're not meant to be in these positions. So you get women putting that in their head and trying to bring those women down to feel, well, you don't belong there because you don't look a certain way and you're not a man. So how could you assume that position. So I had a lot of learning to do. And you mentioned surrounding yourself with supportive women. And that is something I had to learn even in my adult life. I always assume the women around you will automatically support you. And I learned the hard way. And then I started to decipher who are the people that will help me? So, Anea, um, I'll ask you to um, just elaborating on one of Renata's points with liberties, and then I'd like to raise one of your points. How, how do you feel about um, the choices uh, and the liberties in the choices we make, what, how we dress, who we associate with, where we live, and in order to assume these positions in power? Do you think some of these will um, prevent us, inhibit us from these uh, positions? What do you feel? Break a bit on Renata's point with uh, liberty of choice. And then you also talked about women in the home and what choices we have to make. Those are still positions of power because we're teaching our daughters and young girls at a young age forget when they get out into the real world. So choices like how we dress, what movies we go to, parties we attend, the, the people, the company we keep, um, and all of these things, how do you feel that affect women in leadership? Okay, so first of all, I want to start with Renata's point on like uh, freedom and uh, liberty from uh, like liberty of uh, choice. Uh, 
it's honestly, it's still like, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that it's 2021 and people are still to tell, like trying to tell us what to dress, what to do, where to go and trying to limit our choice and blame us when something happens on our choices. Like if, if something bad happens to, to like me or to any one of my friends, it's not on them. It's not on what they were wearing. It's not on what they said. It's not on what situation they put themselves in. It's on the person who put them in that bad or like the like whatever the person or the thing that put them in that bad situation. It's not there. Like after all, they are like I won't say victims, but they're the survivors here. So uh, I think the just like people around the world are still like trying to comprehend the fact that everyone should have a choice no and no matter what that choice is it's up to them um as long as they're not harming anyone else of course but um it's still it's still a work in progress and we really need to empower um to empower people and empower women to uh choose whatever they want and go after what they want because that uh that push and that liberty of choice they would have is is what gonna put them in like great um great leadership positions and it's what gonna build the future in general it's not, it's what's gonna build an equal future for everyone so that's Theranata's like point on liberty and to my point on um on leadership and family and homes um it is also like part of uh, that liberty of choice as well it plays a factor in here but when the woman in a fam like in a family they have the liberty of choice they have the liberty to voice what uh, their opinions are and when they feel equal and when they feel heard then they they themselves and as well as their children or just like the other one in the family they empower each other to to take that leap and be uh, be vocal in the uh, world as well in the real world whether it's in like their workplace or just like in their social gatherings or whatever circling back to the liberty point it's the the freedom we get in our like smallest um settings like social settings is what gives us the liberty and freedom like it goes it keep it keeps going bigger into until like we actually have we're actually equal in this world kind of thing absolutely and that's a good uh point there for me to move Teresa Teresa Lycanea you've lived in other parts of the world due to your studies I know that so you've seen a lot go on in various groups settings organizations in your work and your study so how do you feel about creating this equal future we're all striving for and women in leadership? Yeah, well, the equal future, um, like Inaya said earlier, is is still a work in progress, even with even in the changing world and the new reality that we are living in right now. It's still a work in progress because um, the whole thing about women in leadership is. Uh, it, you know, every, the whole thing started with our backgrounds, our culture, what we believe in, and our foundation, everything that has been put in our head when we were little girls as women, okay? Uh, for example, um, one of you did talk about um, the, the, the thought of, okay, um, maybe I'm not qualified for this job because, um, you know, maybe I'm a woman. It, this job, this particular job is meant for the men or it's meant for a certain group of people. It's not meant for the women. And that kind of thing sticks in our head and begins to, it begins to affect um, our confidence and everything that we 
we believe in, everything that we value, our moral. Okay. Um, I can I can remember some years ago, like many many years ago, um, when I when I was looking to maybe apply for jobs, and and I come a, I come across some certain roles. I'm just gonna skip that. So like, okay. And one day I asked myself, why am I exactly skipping these roles? And then by the time I read the job description, I'm like, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm probably qualified, but I wouldn't get it. So even before I applied, it's already in my head that I wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Which which is what a lot of people go through. You know, it it took it took me some years to tell myself, okay, you know what? Um, I'm gonna apply for this. Doesn't really matter if I get it or not but just apply, you know, taking that decision that, you know what, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. It, it, it. it has brought me out of that loop. It has totally changed my mindset. It, it totally put me in a different light. Okay. And this is what, when we talk about supporting women, that is where it comes in. And we, we need all the support we can get to, to make those things happen. Everything begins with the mind as, as if we're able to change the mindset and make us see things in a different light and you know like um like kelly said women supporting women there are a lot of women come out now to support women okay uh days are gone when yeah you might still have um some societies where um your fellow woman is trying to pull you down but what i see now is more women helping to support women and that is what we need to keep encouraging we need to keep um helping each other to what change that mindset of what has been put into our head that is making us either shy away from leadership or not feel good enough for leadership yeah so these are these are things that we need to work on as women and as women in leadership help other women to see like to understand and to be able to to make those life-changing decisions for themselves and for their families as well and ask that I felt too that economic disparities among not only racialized groups, but when it comes to women in these situations, sometimes I see women who feel because of my economic situation, my my status in whatever way they feel their statuses, I cannot apply for certain positions and I may not be a good leader because I don't have the big big house or the car or I don't have the proper education. But I have seen women who may not have a university education, but they could become leaders. And I think there has to be some kind of mentoring going on to let a lot of these women know that, yes, we hear you, we feel for you, but you can do it. If you can dream it, you can become it. And I know this is a, a cliched phrase. So, Kelly, what do you feel about this position of women in um, unfortunate situations, lack of a better word? They may feel that uh, their lifestyle may not be in tune with becoming a leader because they don't have the right house car they don't currently have the right salary to help their family how do you think we can help those women to uh, to dream big and achieve their goals and navigate the system well well first off i think we need to expand uh, our ideas of what leadership is because uh every woman i know is a leader uh we just don't 
we, we don't think of it in such a way because we have such a cookie cutter idea that's patriarchal and it's a man in a suit or a woman in a suit making decisions in top down. And that's just not reality. And uh, one of the first times, uh, major times I realized how moms are leaders of their families was when I had um, my little girl and she was an infant. And I just seen, I saw her look to me to see how she could feel. So when uh, she was frantic, I, I'd be like, oh, I, right, she's mirroring me. And this is what kids do. And this is what ducks, ducklings do to mama ducks, right? We, they imprint, like, what, tell me a mama duck is not a leader when she's got the baby ducks behind her, right? And that's exactly what moms do. And so I think we need to expand our idea of what leadership is. And often women do leadership in different ways, um, uh, uh, leading by example is the uh, kind of biggest way that women do it. And you can even see that like in um, heterosexual relationships where, you know, uh, a woman uh, is just uh, gently putting the dishes in the dishwasher in a, cer a certain way, or, you know, like there's just certain things that we gently try to do just by leading by example. And I think that is actually one of the best ways to be a leader is to do it yourself, right? But I just want to zoom out and go historical for a minute because we're talking like we're reinventing the wheel, but that's just not the case because mm -hmm. patriarchy has not been around forever. So our, our species uh, as it is, has been around for tens of thousands of years at least. And um, the patriarchy has only been around for about 4,000 max. And uh, before that, we can see through all kinds of archaeological digs that um, the artifacts left over are uh, goddesses. And this is the world over. And um, uh, it's often, you know, the goddesses, the stone goddesses, they're very, they're not big, they're not gaudy, right? They're kind of personal. And they have big boobs and big butts and big bellies because they had lots of babies. And like, that's who was exalted in our uh, our worldwide kind of historic um, history is uh, the ones who gave life, which was, was uh, women. And the ones who nurtured us, uh, fed us, kept us alive <laughs> with their bodies and otherwise, they were much more valued. And it's when uh, we kind of uh, got into a more domination paradigm that uh, we started to do competition instead of collaboration. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to um, uh, not reinventing the wheel, but also helping our whole thinking that um, uh, we need to unlearn what the patriarchy has brainwashed us to think that somehow we're not good leaders when we're leading every second we're breathing. Mm -hmm. And then to go back to realize like, you know, uh, thousands of years ago, women were priestesses. Women were on all the decision-making bodies because they were the mothers and the aunts and the sisters and the nurturers. Uh, the women brought us weaving, <laughs> uh, uh, agriculture, you know, like all of the things that, that uh, we uh, uh, needed to survive to get to this point in our own species evolution. Uh, women were behind so much of that. So to kind of be, yes, we could look into the future and I love to do that. That's super fun. But we can also look to our past, uh, which was much more woman loving. Uh, than uh, what we have dealt with, um, with uh, a lot of like uh, the mainstream um, patriarchal religions that have um, uh, not been so great to women um, and in many ways have uh, diminished our power and uh, made us shameful of our life-giving abilities and um, everything that we need to survive. Well, Kelly, thank you for that insight the women goddesses of the past. Wow, that was indeed powerful. Thank you. I'm going to call a few names, and, and I want each of you in, in your mind, think, think of 
thoughts when I call their names. Malala Yousafzai, Greta Thurberg, Kamala Harris, Indira Gandhi, Angela Merkel, Margaret Thatcher, Cicely Tyson, Maya Angelou, Harriet Tubman, May Musk. When you hear those names, what do you all think about? I picked these randomly for our listeners to know, not being favorite to any randomly. There are names that came to mind when I was thinking about things one day. When I call those names, what do you guys think about? Anea? Uh, I think about strength, independence, definitely like leadership and strong, uh, powerful uh, figures. Uh, but also I think about the behind the scenes, I think about the nurturing and how nurturing they are, how their positions in their family, how supportive they are of of their families, of other women, and how they are setting an example for all the women around the world to no matter what their ages are, because all the like all the people you've mentioned, they're different ages from different places, from different cultures, but like all of them are setting an example for women around the world that no matter what you are, where you are, how old you are, you can you can achieve greatness because the greatness is it it's within you for sure. Exactly, and what we've seen is only greatness, and this is just a drop in the bucket of the women who've achieved great things to date. Kelly, when you hear these names, what comes to mind? First off the bat, probably put Margaret Thatcher in a different category than the uh, rest of them. Just, I was just, just about to say the same thing. She is the exception to the rule. Yeah. Discussion. So carry She's on. That conservative men bring up all the time when they want to talk about how crappy women and uh, can be to other women. Uh, but uh, she was of a certain time and, uh, you know, a uh, prime minister of, uh, of the UK and had an all male government. So, I mean, if anything, uh, if I was going to put a, a label or what made me think of all of them, including Thatcher, would be they were badasses. They were just like, you know, not taking crap, not not list, not having anyone tell them who or what they could be. And um, I have this quilt that a couple of my sisters made for me, and it says, of course, the, the quote, uh, "Well-behaved women rarely make history." And so these are the people; these are the women that we know the stories of. But uh, there's so many stories of women that we just don't know because the patriarchal lens has been more interested in the male narrative. So I love reading about other strong women. Um, I'm actually going to do a whole program where it's like learn, I'm going to do up a thing where you learn about a new strong woman every week, because the more I learn about strong women, the less crazy I feel, mm-hmm. the less mm-hmm. the less extra I feel, you know, and it's like, oh, of course, it, it, you're going to you're going to feel like a salmon swimming upstream if you are, you know, breaking the so-called cookie cutter, if you are trailblazing. And um, I think that that trailblazing idea is kind of being romanticized um, uh, for a lot of us in, in, in different generations, uh, but because as something uh, and, and it's very it's kind of like being the heroine of your own story, right? Like like getting to know to tell your own story. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, what I love is I just love hearing women's stories. 
I love hearing the stories of um, rising above the crap. Uh, you know, it's very disheartening to see the same crap that p women have to deal with in so many different levels, but there's a real commonality there. And that's one of the things that I loved about doing my master's in women's studies was I got to focus on the commonalities across women, people who identified as women. And there was so much there that um, uh, I, I just, it filled my heart with love as opposed to the idea of focusing on our divisions uh, and all the things that uh, make us different. But I feel a huge shift in sisterhood. I think it's the divine feminine waking up in a lot of us and us just not taking crap anymore. And we're not taking the same story. And COVID has turned everything on its head and what a great opportunity to change. And this is a time of chaos, but you know, what comes out of chaos? Change, growth, mm -hmm. newness. And this yeah. is where we are now. Yeah, Teresa. What can you add to Miss our sister Kelly's beautiful <laughs> thoughts here? Well, I think Kelly has said it all. She actually read my mind in most things I was gonna say. Um, but one thing I remember is while I was growing up as a little as a little girl, there's this peculiar auntie that we had that we nicknamed Margaret Thatcher, and <laughs> that name kind of stuck stuck in my head. Like, and um, you know, we know her as one a certain brand of badass woman that will kick you anytime, any day. And um and then and then as a little girl, we're always really, really afraid of her, like super duper afraid. We don't want her to step on her toes or annoy her or because she's gonna kick you right out of the butt there. So <laughs> yeah, so when when I hear you mention those names, I kind of recon, you know, brave women, strong women, badass women that um that did, you know, their they they kind of um created an impact in the society and um and put a mark in the lives of everyone um around. So yeah, it's good. It's it's a good thing. Yeah. Renata, what are your thoughts? And and like I said, I call the names randomly and I, I want to know what you think when you hear these names. So I reflect on two different things. It took me time to learn um, the difference between perhaps the qualities or the things I might have previously admired about a woman who is in power just because she's a woman admiring her. And so unpacking on um, perhaps the way in which she leads, or especially if she's in a position of authority in regards to legislation or government, you know, Margaret Thatcher's policies were not ones that supported women, you know, ones that uh, suppressed the labor movement, ones that promoted, let's say, the free market of capitalism. Um, you know, these constructs that dominantly um, impact women. And so on one hand, I think of that, but, um, you know, perhaps what were some leaders working towards and what were their values versus others. But then on the other hand, all of those women, perhaps one thing they have in common is that they relentlessly pursued their particular goal uh, or their purpose, whatever that was, whether it was education, whether it was legislation, whether it was, you know, a particular new uh, era of politics, you know, whether whatever their era was, they they were pursuing their, you know, their alt. So I think that's that's admirable, regardless of circumstance, you know, regardless of their situation. Mm -hmm. You know, in today's world, we see more women coming into leadership roles. And even right here in Newfoundland, Land. We see women trying to get into these positions, and some have. So, I mean, Ania, I know you're almost finished your degree, 
and I know you have big dreams and what you'd like to do, where you want to live, how you want to live, you know, now that you've gone through all these years of schooling. Um, and I know all of us have other things in our agenda. We're getting close to the time to wrap up, but let's just take this point. What do you see for yourself as a woman in leadership after you finish your schooling? Or what are your thoughts now? What's going through your mind when we talk about this? So, uh, first of all, uh, I wanna, I really want to do law. And as much as I, I wanted to do it right after school, but then I decided it's best for me to take a gap year first or so, just to uh, to basically um, take a break from school a little bit and also uh, gain a little bit more experience and then go into law school. But what I'm thinking, like thinking about um, like what, what the future kind of holds for me as a woman, uh, but also thinking about that in perspective of what I want to do in terms of law, I know I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have a long path. And uh, it's it's not gonna be um, it's not gonna be an easy fight to put it that way because looking at law it's um, it's mainly uh, at least like law in Canada it's mainly a male uh, like a white male dominant field and women are breaking into that now but also being a woman of color breaking into that it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be hard it's gonna be long and um, I say that because like I keep look I keep checking every year's like uh, class stats for the universities I want to get into and just seeing like how many uh, women versus men are joining every year it's increasing but seeing how many people of color joining in and um, versus um, versus like uh, white folks it's um yeah it's it, it just puts in perspective that I'm it's I'm gonna see a lot and I'm gonna have to face a lot of things but I want to do it because I want to prove that we all have a place in whatever we want to yeah. do and this makes me move right into the women's empowerment specialist how can you enlighten Ania and all of us Kelly getting into these positions tell us what can can Ania do? What can we do? How can you enlighten people, Kelly? Okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess figure yourself out. Learn who you are. Learn where your healthy boundaries need to go. Uh, and uh, and there's a couple of key things that really helped me unlearn and to kind of shed off the beliefs of others because we all have limiting in beliefs. If it came from our nuclear family or an advertisement we saw when we were five or whatever is uh, two key things that are really key to me and my and, and I work with my uh, clients is uh, you teach people how to treat you. So, you know, you you have self-respect, you, you know, demand respect of others. You don't put up with uh, anything uh, less than absolute and utter respect. And that means sometimes being the squeaky wheel. That means sometimes making a complaint. That means sometimes just, you know, uh, having space between you, you and another person. But you'd have to figure that out because as a woman in this world who is a mover and a shaker, which is everyone on this panel, um, you've got to figure out what battles are worth fighting. And uh, you have to have a livable life for yourself because one of the most revolutionary acts we can do of course is self-love and creating pleasure and joy for ourselves in a world that says we should be hating ourselves or starving ourselves or competing with one another so just kind of doing the inward thing and i was a huge huge feminist activist in my early 20s i still am but it looks different for me now because i was working very much for world peace back then but now i realize there is no world peace without inner peace so we need to be at peace with ourselves so we can have that sustainable energy to do the change to work for the change uh that we need the other piece of uh that i 
uh, really kind of remember and tell people about is what you think of me is none of my business. And, you know, so it's like, you can think whatever you want of me. Um, That is your limiting beliefs uh, that you're projecting then onto me. It has literally nothing to do with me. (laughs) So just kind of anchoring myself again with my into my own intuition, my own belief systems, my own core of who I am. And now I'm at 39. I feel really comfortable about who I am. I've done a lot of work to get here. And I feel like that's really you are on you're not so shakable. You're not so flappable. If you really know who you are and do the work and, um, you know, take time to self reflect and grow and, and do those different kinds of courses you want online and show up for things and show up for yourself. And that's how we can really um, help our help each other by helping ourselves because everything you do, all the work you do on healing your past traumas, like we're, we're healing ancestral stuff, right? So so everything we're doing to heal ourselves, we're, we're, you're, we're helping our whole community and our world get into a better place. Wow, that's awesome, Kelly. Thank you. Stay tuned, everyone. Please don't go away. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back to continue this passionate, invigorating, and fun conversation with myself, Sarojini, Kelly, Teresa Uchechi, Anea, and Renata. We'll be right back. We will now continue with the International Women's Day Special here on Caribbean Connections in collaboration with CHMR 93.5 FM worldwide at chmr.ca. Teresa, you probably went through some challenges as the CEO and show host of Cree Curb Show on Creativity and You. And we just heard from Anea and Kelly. And guys, just... Uh, because of uh, the point, from the point of view of time, we'll use uh, these last remarks as sort of our closing comments. So feel free to add what you want to add. Um, I know you probably went through challenges in creating your show, and I've seen many of your episodes, and they're all wonderful. What can you add and tell all of us, Anea, Kelly, Renat, and I, in getting to that point, being confident, getting into the roles of leadership? Yeah, I just want to say, um, in summary, be and feel confident that you are making the right decisions, okay? And uh, stick to your choices. And also don't feel broken or influenced by what is happening around you or what people say about you or, you know, no matter what you do, no matter how good you do it, there is always, always going to be a bad about, some, you know, it's definitely going to be annoying some, some people somewhere. So you just have to um, be confident and um, put your head up high and um, tell yourself that this is a choice that I've made and it's my decision and um, you've worked really hard put in everything you got in it, put in everything you got in it. And I tell you that there are lots of people out there that are keen into your style. They're keen into your morals, your values, your values, what you believe in, your your vision or what you're doing. There are lots of people that are keen into it. So um, yeah, so in summary, I'm just gonna say, um, especially to um, Inaya that we'll be going to law school sometime in the future is just, be and feel confident with your choices. And when you set out those boundaries for yourself, just know that it, it, it was your choice, your boundaries, your decisions, and don't feel broken or influenced by 
um, side comments or what people feel, think, or see about you. And I tell you that by the time you finish law school, come on, girl, you're going to be one badass leader. What can you enlighten us? <laughs> Many of the sentiments shared today I identify with in, in my experience. Um, I guess I've been lucky enough that I've had the support, I've had encouragement and nourishment and opportunities for a while now that I almost forget what it was like back when I was a lot uh, less unsure about my voice and uh, and, and where I, I, I sat society. And I guess one of my final remarks is, if there are men around me or there are men at the table or men in the room that I know don't necessarily have the same values and beliefs and goals that I do, and, they're, I'm, and I'm upsetting them, if I'm upsetting a lot of men in the room, then I learned I was doing something right. <laughs> so that's those are my concluding remarks. Yes, yes. I love that. <laughs> all right. What, what I want to ask all of you then, uh, I mean, we discussed a lot of great topics here. It's enlightened all of us. It's opened our eyes. It's allowed us to see um, not only how economic disparities, but racial disparities can affect the way women think. Um, of ourselves, um, getting into roles of leadership. Um, I know as a woman of color, um, you know, right after university, I felt in many ways, and I might have been naive at the time, that I may have had the same opportunities as my, my counterparts. And so I went into the world feeling that way, but then I was faced with a bigger problem in not only having to prove myself again, but trying to get over the hurdle that I can do the job. You know, you just have to give me that opportunity. Now, I've worked for over 30 years in Canada in different positions, and I've learned a lot. In closing, and this topic might sound cliche, women in leadership, an equal future, but it's important for us and the children that are coming up. The next Next generation, I feel we really have to teach our children, our, our nieces, you know, our goddaughters, the younger ones, the struggles, and how to, I guess, fight that fight and struggle in order to get to where we want. And as Renata said, if you're setting men in the room, you're doing something right, and, and so be it. You know, we have to get to that point. And you know, uh, Kelly and Teresa said, "What you think is not." of my business. I am who I am and I am proud of who I am. And and I learned that too the hard way. I, I you know I was brought up in a culture unfortunately where oh be careful what you do. People will talk. You know, I heard that so much growing up and I had to shed that. It took a lot to shed it. And I agree with, with you women and sisters. What do you think is not in my business? You know, if I'm happy that's what's important. So let's uh, wrap up. I know we all have busy lives, but I want to hear your closing remarks. And I'll start with you, Adia. Okay, so listening to like uh, Kelly, Teresa, and Renata, just all the great points they made, I remembered something that my dad would usually tell me if I'm if I like call him and I'm not feeling confident about something, a decision I'm making, or a role I'm going into. He would always tell me if people are trying to bring you down, that's because your confidence is scaring them. So let it scare them. Be confident and do what you want, do what you believe in, because 
oftentimes people are just gonna try to people are gonna try to bring you down tell you that you're too bossy tell you that no you won't get into that position because uh, you're not qualified enough or you don't have what it takes but if you are confident that you have what it takes do it and what's the worst that can happen you don't like you don't get the position that's fine you try again later but just it's confident confidence is key so if your confidence is scaring them you're definitely doing something right kelly what you got to add to this um someone mentioned earlier i think maybe new surgery about uh not applying for a job um or maybe uh, that uh you might not have had every you know checklist item on and so uh, i work with a lot of different women about different confidence issues and i often will switch and say genders i was like do you think a man worries about this <laughs> do you think a man uh you know and there's all kinds of statistics it's like men apply for jobs when they have 40 percent of the recommendations and women when they have a hundred percent recommendations <laughs> and so like just to put ourselves out there i think that we have socialized little girls to not put themselves out there as much as we socialize uh men um to do so so to just kind of realize when you're changing the status quo there's going to be people that tell you you can't do it in the history of the world all the people who have been progressive and changed the status quo and, and moved us forward there have been symphonies of people to tell them that they couldn't do it or it wasn't possible and i live in a world where nothing is impossible because nothing is impossible we are so capable uh we have so much so much science so much uh technology uh there's nothing we cannot do so uh the only parameter we have that is restricting us is our own imaginations or the fears that we give into so i say screw the fears the fear is always going to be there don't wait until the fear is gone that's not a that's not a reality do it anyway throw yourself out there and even if say you're going to run for politics or something and run for a position even if you don't get it and maybe you have a daughter or a niece or whoever who has seen you and seen your face and if you can see it you can be it so uh you don't even know it's like a pebble in the pond the massive change we can do whenever we have the audacity to believe in ourselves and think that we could go for that job or we could have that um uh, governmental position or the head of the pta or whatever it is so uh yeah to not not think about you know everyone feels like an imposter it's literally part uh, men do too by the way um and uh to just don't let the fear ever hold you back because it's just fair Teresa, what can you add those powerful words well um you know i believe you all have said everything but i'm just gonna say let us um we're all in this together and uh, we will continue to work together to uplift all the women to encourage one another remember for those that have daughters we have daughters at home and our daughters are looking up to us for some kind of um you know uh, you know role model if you want to put it that way so um we will continue to work together to um make their community the society our workplace our families a better place and um also to work with other women to um come out and get to the to, to the place where they need to be because um a, a tree one tree doesn't make up a forest you need so many trees to make up a thick forest and right now well our new changing world we need to have that formation to make ourselves that thick forest that and um, um our decisions matter our opinions matter our places in leadership in our workplace in our families that uh, do matter as well and um well, we need to continue to um support each other all the way because you know what like i said earlier we're all in this together thank you teresa renata i'll have you um uh, take the last word but also to add to that you mentioned that now in your new role as business diversity officer with the anc association for new canadians in st john's newfoundland and also given your uh diversity uh webinar 
webinars and conferences online. Um, what can you add to this? Because earlier you mentioned that it's really your new position has opened up your eyes to many um, things that you haven't thought of before. So I'll give you the last word, Renata. Thank you. With cultural values, sometimes we struggle in the West per se, when we feel we're doing outreach or advocacy on behalf of others. And it's one of these things that is not as easy to fully grasp. It wasn't something that I understood right away, but essentially the goals that we might be fighting for or the barriers we might be working on here uh, might be very different. It might not be the same priorities for women and for groups elsewhere in the world. And so, you know, one of the biggest uh, struggles that we find uh, with local services working with newcomers might be the perception of gender role. And there are times when, let's say, a woman who is a service provider is in a situation where she's trying to address a woman directly. And in that particular family, family unit, their tradition is just such that they, um, that the service provider is often to speak to the, the head of the household, which in, in some cases is the man. And so it's kind of struggling, like having that internal struggle of, you know, we might, what we perceive the situation to be, it might not always be our job to necessarily um, insert ourselves into someone else's life. You know, it's really, I think, empowerment and supporting other women looks like supporting them for what they have articulated that they need and that they they want and not necessarily imposing what we think is the right thing to do for that woman. And so like, once again, that is a generalization. That is not to say that all newcomers by any means have that family dynamic. But this is just one example that came to mind of that, uh, you know, walking the tightrope of wanting to give quality and equitable service, but then also not, um, you know, disrespecting and doing something that isn't culturally uh, intelligent to someone who is who has had a different life experience and a different coming from a different society and worldview than you have. And so just supporting people in their needs at that time. And, you know, all of us are on different journeys as well when it comes to certain aspects of our of our womanhood or of our, you know, particular self-actualization. Thank you. Anea, Kelly, Teresa, and Renata, I really would like to thank you for your time today. This has been an invigorating and an inspirational discussion. I really want to thank you, Anea in St. John's, Kelly in the Netherlands, Teresa in Alberta, and Renata in St. John's, and myself in Conception Based South. I really do want to thank you, sisters. It means a lot. And I really want you also take care of yourselves, be safe, stay well, and thank you for all your thoughts, opinions, and your insights into today's discussion. Thank you so much. Bye -bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone, again. Bye. Nice to speak to you all. Wow, a big shout out and thank you to Teresa Uchechi Zuko, Kelly Hickey, Anea Hammond, and Renata Lang for being a part of the Caribbean Connections International Women's Day panel discussion. I also want to thank everyone at CHMR for this wonderful opportunity. This is our third year and counting. And a big thank you and shout out to all of you listening from far and wide. We hope that you enjoy the program and we look forward to seeing you again next year. So let's have Queen Africa and Lioness on the Rise take us out today on CHMR and Caribbean Connections 
International Women's Day. Bye for now. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Ooh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Ooh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Ooh. When the roll is all up, I'll be standing taller to face the darkest and the hardest of times. We'll be taking care of. All the children thereof, but if it's required, we'll be on the front line. You can call me by my name, I am ready to roll. Once the rules remain the same, how the story's been told. Call me anytime, never cop out. Lioness is on the rise, don't you ever Say never willingness forever to fight and be strong Once it's for better I'll write every letter and moving right along And I'll roll with the punches, accept changes Work with the formula, do what I have to do And call me by my name, I am ready to roll Once the rules remain the same, how the story's been told To see if you can walk the walk you took Let me give you my word My voice must be heard Bravery is a piece of my heart Call me by my name I am ready to roll Once the rules remain the same How the story's been told Standing taller to face the darkest and the hardest of time. We'll be taking care of all the children thereof. But if it's required, we'll be on the front line. You can call me by my name. I am ready to roll. Once the rules remain the same, how the story's been told. Story's been told